If you were to open up history books, perhaps it would start with the introduction of Europeans to the Americas. But the story of our history, of our America, starts thousands of years before that. And there was a population of people here with their own faith, their own culture. Well, today I have a great opportunity to talk with Michael Davis. He is the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, and he tackles this subject of Native American people, their culture, and the influence that America had on their life. And of course, joining with us is a special guest that he has for his podcast, a voice that you might be familiar with from View from the Pew, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. Good morning, Michael. Thanks so much for joining us today. Good morning, Brenda. It's good to be here. So introduce this topic to us, because when we say Native American culture and the influence of Europeans on their lifestyle, what comes to mind is a tragedy. Mm -hmm. So tell us why you dive into this and how you approach it. Yeah, certainly there was a great injustice that happened and trying to even understand how to bring about justice seems impossible. But first, we've got to bust the myths because we create narratives in society and in creating those narratives, we way oversimplify. So the oversimplification, Native American, innocent, white man, bad Well, what that does is it blocks us from getting to the real root, what really happened and how we can correct that. And so we're trying to bust those myths, first of all. And then Mm -hmm. we're trying to figure out who were these native people and discovering that they were actually humans. They weren't some other, you know, alien species that landed on the planet. They're human like us who lived in human society. What did that society look like? You know, and what was disrupted in that society when the British came over and we discovered from the good deacon that there were actually other Europeans, the French and Spanish, who actually coexisted with them. So, again, busting that oversimplification in the narrative. So what's the real narrative? What's the real injustices? And not just asking ourselves as Americans, what would justice look like, but what would the native people say that justice looks like? Michael, your guest for the next two weeks of podcast on your podcast, Common Sense on Social Justice. Well, it's my husband and it's the good deacon, Scott Aiken. Scott, we occasionally talk about your Native American background and how you were raised and the well, there's just the the heritage that your mother passed down for you for generations from the reservation. Kind of remind our listeners about your upbringing and how your Native American family kind of influenced who you are in your faith. Sure, sure. yeah, that's so. It, it's been, up until I was about 18 years old, it was a it was a tremendous tension, um, if you will, between our Catholic faith, which my grandmother, who is Potawatomi, um, handed on to my mom. Uh, my mom was born raised cradle Catholic on the reservation. But her dad, my grandfather, who would take them to church, was the keeper of our traditional practices uh, of faith through the drum religion. Uh, that came from Michigan, where we originally were were from, and were removed by the federal government to Kansas. Uh, my, my great-grandfather had handed that on to him, and he was our, our leader for our tribe with regard to that. So there's this tension of, uh, within my mom's own home of what is uh, the culture that we're going to be. And 
in that tension, I come out of that when my, my dad, who's non-Indian, uh, married my mom. And as a consequence, and he's coming from his background as Christian science. So my dad was Christian science. My mom was Catholic with her faith, but also had this connection, strong connection to the drum religion of our tribe. What a mix. And so I, I look at myself as just a, a, a miracle to be here today to advocate with, with great uh, vigor for the, the faith that we, we hold in the Catholic faith today. My grandfather, ultimately, to the point of our, of our conversations that, that Michael and I have had, is that I ended up seeing my grandfather reconcile before his death that Jesus came to a tribe, the tribe of Judah, and he came to Israel. He came to a people, but he could have come to the Potawatomi, but he didn't. Does that make any less valuable the good news that he shares? And my grandfather came to realize, no, it didn't. And he accepted the Catholic faith before he died. So here, this man who spent 95% of his life or more uh, in this traditional role uh, embraces the Catholic faith because he can reconcile that in his mind. That's God working through a community that's been oppressed and 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 dismantled and and rejiggered and whatever you might want to say. And here I am, an example of that out, outcome, and I'm I'm grateful for who I am. Scott, in you sharing your upbringing, just in our family discussions at home over the dinner table, and you telling the kids about who your grandfather was. One of the things that always struck me is how you said he recognized the similarities between the drum religion he was raised in mm-hmm. and, and taught in and led, led people through and the Catholic faith. And that was an easy conversion for him because he could recognize the Holy spirit working in both, you know, lives, both areas. Yeah. And eventually that, that came to be the the deciding factor for me to remain Catholic, and I was I was wrestling with the priesthood of whether I wanted to be a priest. Um, I was wrestling with the faith whether I wanted to remain Catholic, uh, and that was a turning point for me. And I think for a lot of tribal people, there's this tension of that experience because the faith came in sometimes very good ways and in sometimes very oppressive ways, and having to work through those differences as Michael uh, does so well in the, in our interviews tries to get at the root of what's, what's truth and what is hyperbole to that. And we often hear the hyperbole of it. Mm-hmm. Common sense on social justice is Michael's podcast. You're going to find it under the digital media menu, standalone podcast. There is a lot here. Obviously this is a big topic and we've only scratched the surface and I'm already against my break. Can you both stay with me through the break so we can yes. continue in the next half Absolutely. hour? And I am back with Michael Davis and the good Deacon Scott Aiken. We are giving you a preview of the next couple of weeks, the podcast, Common Sense on Social Justice. We're having a discussion on the communities of Native American and the tension that is still felt today from a history of oppression and injustice. Deacon Scott, Michael, thanks so much for staying with us today. So Michael, this is a a podcast, minutes really, a speck of time compared to the introduction of injustice to a group of people who have lived, worked, raised their families, uh, buried their dead. I, I mean, it would take years 
to to go through all of this. And so for people listening, though, they're like, okay, I recognize there's injustice. I'm living here in Portland. I you know, don't see the oppression of Native American people around me because well, I can't see them. So what is our responsibility then? Can Do we have to go back through every injustice and try to make amends for it? There's a sense in which we can do penance before God, certainly, you know, not necessarily detailed, you know, rehashing of penance, but just in our prayers, just, you know, approaching God in humility. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, the Pharisees trying to justify themselves that, you know, we wouldn't have killed the prophets like our ancestors. But Jesus says, by decorating the tombs of the prophets and by admitting you're their descendants, you're coming into agreement with what they did mm-hmm. to the prophets. Of course, Jesus knew they were going to uh, murder the ultimate prophet anyways that was in their heart. But by my silence... I may say, oh, well, I wasn't born. I wasn't there, the one creating this injustice. But by my silence and my lack of recognition, at the bare minimum, I'm, in a sense, entering into agreement with what my ancestors did. And you say we can't see it, but even in our lifetime, a local genocide here in Oregon happened when the dam in the Dalles was built. Because people starved to death because that dam was built. Natives, Mm -hmm. Native Americans starved to death from that. So, yes, it's right there in front of us. And so it's brought out in the podcast by Deacon Scott, this letter that was written by the bishops in Washington, Oregon, uh, calling out that injustice. So, yes, we can see it, but maybe our eyes are closed. Mm -hmm. Scott, is that what... Native American communities want? Do they want us to apologize to them and to advocate for them? Or is there a better way to partner? So that way it doesn't seem like, oh, the poor Indian people, we have to apologize to them and help them. It seems like there's a better way than than to do that. We can certainly diminish it even further when we begin to to look at at this um, from a perspective of pity. And, and they don't want pity. No. Right? And, and that's not, not what my family has, has sought. But but we we want to see being seen and being understood as being sovereign. You know, we have, we have a right within our culture and community to determine our future for our, ourselves and our children. And in this nation, that's, that's a, a really complex legal structure. Uh, in fact, it's called domestic dependent nations. Uh, as the as the Supreme Court um, determined back in the 1830s under Justice John Marshall. But what is a domestic dependent nation? There's not another nation in the world that's that's marked that way, but Indian country is in this nation. So in that sense of being domestic dependent nations, we have an ability to define and self-define, self-determine uh, through that in a legal way. So... One is recognizing that the legal system has has a, an awareness for creating justice from injustice. But from a spiritual standpoint, the church herself needs to be able to advocate for that self-determination. And, I, and the, as I was sharing with Michael, the bishops, particularly the state of Washington who wrote the letter, uh, were, av- were and still advocate for any time that there is a decision that's going to be made on the river, in the Columbia River Basin, 
writ large, the entirety of it, that they necess- that the government necessarily filter through an awareness of the common good, and that common good needs to recognize those who get oppressed by actions that we might do. And so the dam clearly, uh, though it created power for the for the community and it created uh, irrigation capabilities that we didn't have before, it blocked fish and and fish began to decline precipitously that the the tribes depended on. Much like when we took the bison off the plains to put in, quote, the railroad, uh, it was actually to subdue the nations that were still fighting, the Lakota people particularly, and the Cheyenne people, from uh, from fighting against this sovereign that was trying to oppress their sovereignty. Common Sense on Social Justice is the podcast you want to go to to hear more about this conversation. You really got into a lot of very difficult discussions, and it can be a little uncomfortable. Justice kind of feels uncomfortable sometimes. Yes, it does. And I'm just thinking, as it was brought out in the podcast, how these injustices weren't back in the 1600s only, but happening very recently, 1924. Of course, we can talk about the dams and how they affect, you know, very recent injustices. And our involvement in continued injustices, like we were talking about how uh, Highway 26 just plows right through the middle of a reservation. So every time I drive through that, I'm disrupting the land. Boom. Why? So I can get to where I want to go. And we speed past as we see Native American people sitting along the roadway, just plow past them. Um But I think one thing that could happen that we see in ancient Israel, the Israelites had created a lot of injustices uh, in their day, and therefore God allowed them to be carried off to Babylon. And then when we get into Ezra and Nehemiah and see them returning to the land, they had national mourning over what Hmm. they had done. And it might just be that the simple act because mourning can be a way of healing. Begin that healing by having America declare a national mourning over what happened in the past. And quite possibly then you were talking about the tough things. We were talking about the something you don't think about that's really tough. How do we approach Native people? And how do you walk onto a reservation for the purpose of beginning a relationship and that's really what we're wanting to do is just building a human to human relationship because what the real injustice is relationship and humanity was fractured Mm. in that and we didn't get into this discussion but truly it's empire that that constantly needs to be fed whether it's the british empire or the roman empire or the egyptian you know there's empire that needs to be fed and right now the united states in many ways is an empire that that is is being fed off of resources that the tribes still have connections to so being aware of it it's an impossibility to take and break apart all of how you might uh, reconcile it um and i as i shared with michael it's 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 like jesus coming saying it's not your job to go pull the weeds from the wheat because you're going to pull out good wheat in that let let god and the angels do that so when we go to a reservation from a Catholic perspective, what we could potentially do as an example of a an immediate action, if we enter onto the reservation, we're driving down 26 to, to the Warren Springs, 
who, Lord, am I, might I meet today and how might I be present to them? Help, help me through my guardian angel to connect with that person before I meet with them so that I can be present to them fully. That's a very Catholic spiritual awareness that can be tremendous in the moment. And that is simple and is something I can do. Mm, that's perfect. And then, Michael, mm. that just goes right along right. with your podcast. We can't take on individually all of the injustices put upon Native American communities, but we can have a single connection with a single person yes. in one moment. Yes. What a fantastic conversation. I'm looking forward to the entire podcast for the next couple of weeks. Michael, thanks so much for joining us. Good Deacon. Thank you so much. We'll see you on View from the PM. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you.